0: something very very exciting our in family that's it we don't see a lot of that today that's that's for sure um that's for sure I'm going to take a few moments and and I'm telling you the Lord's had me in a very very it's a wonderful place a uh, little tired tonight so look over that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I just consider myself privileged to be here and to, to get to share what the Lord's been downloading and things that he's been showing us, things you probably, some you already know and, and things that just like, you know, wow, it's amazing. It's amazing. So my prayer has been, Holy Spirit, show me truth. Don't let me be deceived. Keep my spirit right. And, and show me how it's supposed to be. Even if you have to unravel some things that I thought was always right. That was not according to your design. And I'm telling you, I believe he's been doing that. Um, John 13. We're going to John 14. We're going to Hebrews 13. Probably Proverbs 3. Um I want to talk about trusting in the face of failure. Trusting. You know, you don't have to you don't have to be in a place where you failed. How many know you can be in a place where you feel like you failed? <sighs> the, It's okay. What's that, what's that song? I feel like I'm winning when I'm losing again. I'm, I'm winning, but sometimes I feel like I'm losing. Like I've only ever had three revenue months over 700000 It looks like I'm in mean, fourth. This could be my fourth one, but they've been three in a row. But I feel like I'm failing because I'd always been number one. There's two guys ahead of me. Well, I was like, you're still doing better now. Don't worry about that." Let's, let me let me ask you. Let me let me just pose this question. Now I know you're not the only one in this room, probably, that's been there. In the face of the faithfulness of God, what does that mean about His faithfulness? Never changes. We live in a world that's very fickle. Things change and situations change. I I, I used to be on Wednesday night. And some of, I think, Willona might have been here. Some of these, you guys might have been here. Well, there would be a hundred people here on Wednesday night. So if I take that personal and I make it me, then then I'm not, I, I'm focused on the wrong thing. I'm focused on something that, it, if I try to make a withdrawal somewhere where it's supposed, where it should be coming from Jesus, it's going to be very temporary and it's not going to fulfill the void. Well, somebody going to say something? Did I interrupt somebody? Well, I, I get caught up in the trying to justify it by how he said run the race to win, but nowhere did he say that if you didn't win, you should feel like a fighter. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But when he said you should run the race to win it too, Right. The well, here's, the, here's what I believe, Chase, after a few years of... Experiencing that, being very competitive in, in a lot of ways, silently sometimes. Um, he didn't, I think that he made us all to win. Ultimately, we're all gonna win because he's a covenant keeping God. He's not a man that he should lie. And I'm gonna show you some things. That's, I think it's gonna speak to that. And uh, if you're in this room and, and you've had those situations, uh, this is going to speak to that, I believe. This is, this is right before Jesus' betrayal. Um, he's uh, talking about love. And uh, over in John 13, beginning in verse 33, from the Passion, My dear friends, I only have a brief time left to be with you. Then you'll search and long for me, but I tell you what I told the Jewish leaders, you'll not be able to come where I'm going. Let's read it from the New King James, just for the sake of posterity. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you. Remember what I told you commandment was? Well, this is not a military term. This is not like a a general or a captain or or a... uh, patrol leader sergeant would give his troops commands. That that's the English word and it's very weak. It's not really that word comes from a, a word uh in Toli. It means inside, in something in, and Toli. It, it really means to to draw the it, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work. When Jesus says a new in I give to you. Now, he's talking to people that are believers. He's talking to his disciples. Yes. And that in word in totally means to draw something out. So if the Holy Spirit lives in us, that in totally, he says, I want you to love one another as I've loved you. How many know that removes every bit of animosity Every there's a lot of people that feel threatened about position. That's because they don't understand this. Because he says, I want you to love one another as I've loved you. By this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can, I, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Now this is recorded in the other Gospels, but th- verse 38, Jesus answered him and said, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you've denied me three times. Now, here is Jesus taking the fig leaves off. Peter is... He's got good intentions, but but here is an—he's exposing Peter. He's exposing his weakness to everybody else. Now I want you to go back just a few verses. If you go back a few verses, uh, it was Jesus who took him up into the for the Passover, the Last Supper, they, we call it. And supper being ended, the devil entering into Judas already put it in his heart to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After he poured water in a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet, to wipe them with the towel which which he was girded, then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Now, you you do know that to wash feet, if it it was either the youngest in a family or the lowest servant in a family that washed feet. It was the lowest person on the totem pole, or or, so to speak, it could be the youngest child. Who who had to wash feet when the visitors came in the door? They had to wash their feet immediately. Remember, Jesus said to uh, the Pharisee, the, the Simon, the religious guys, said, when I came in, you didn't offer to wash my feet. This woman hadn't stopped washing my feet with her tears, wiped them, wiping them with her hair since I've come in. Now, that's what Peter is seeing, Jesus. This is God in the flesh, Emmanuel. He's girded himself with a towel and he's down on his knees. God himself is on his knees serving his disciples. As I have loved you, you, you see, here is what I believe. I've I got. I feel the Holy Ghost all in this room. You really can't serve Him. You can't serve God until you let Him serve you. I had to really let this flesh die <laughs> and come to the place, Lord. I am sorry for getting the, the the cart ahead of the horse, <laughs> Lord. I. I just want you to know I'm open to that kind of love, that I would let you serve me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Religion won't teach you this stuff, but it'll re- it will transform your life. You can't really serve, uh, serve God until you let God serve you. He's serving his disciples, washing their feet. You know what that does? That, that kills pride. That kills jealousy, that kills envy, that kills all the works of the flesh. So there's nothing left but what he can use for his glory. I've been in the foot washing. Oh, How God's awesome, and I've been one here. Because I mean, it's electrifying, but it ain't. I know Evan said, You ain't washing my feet. I said, It so water. Right? I said, We just got clear water. You put your feet in there and you start praying, and the Holy Spirit comes in. It is something else. And I'm the, missing. There'll be a time. God's got a timing for that. Yeah. I believe with all my heart. Amen. I've been in those, I was raised in it, and I'm telling you what some of the sweetest times we had, but I never saw I never saw a picture of God serving me. Think about that. I never saw that. Whew. That's that's a that's huge love. That's amazing love. So, you got to pray for me to go on because this has really train wrecked me right here. Peter said, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus said, if you don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Peter said, Lord, not my feet, but just my hands and my head too. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed. Now he's not talking about physically here. How many know he's not talking about the physical? He that is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. Remember John 15? He said, now you're clean through the words that I've spoken to you. Now, he goes on to say, he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you're not all clean. So when he washed their feet, Taking his garment, sat down again and said to them, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. Sister Martha just shared with us what he said. You ought also to wash one another's feet for I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, servant's not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are you if you do them. Now, watch. He identifies his betrayer, but he eats anyway. At one point, they're sitting there at the table eating the meal, and Jesus said, One of you is going to betray me, verse 21. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about who he's talking about, and Remember, John is the one who always wrote, the the disciple that Jesus loved. He was the closest. He was always leaning on Jesus. And Peter's sitting across the table and he mouths to John. He mouths to him. Ask him who it is. He motioned to him. then leaning back on Jesus breast he said to him John said Lord who is it Jesus said it's the one I'll give a piece of bread when I've dipped it did you see that the one I'm going to serve and he dipped the bread gave it to Judas and after the piece of bread Satan entered into him then Jesus said to him what do you do do quickly notice that the disciples thought he, since he had the money box, he was sending them out to maybe give something to the poor or, or buy food for the feast or whatever. Uh, they didn't understand the depth of what he was talking about. But it says, having received the piece of bread, look at what this verse says. He then went out immediately and it was night. It's dark, dark. We could call this teaching Finding trust in the dark. So when he going out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God's glorified in him. God is glorified in him. God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Now, notice what Jesus is saying. Immediately, Judas, Satan enters Judas. He goes out to betray him, and Jesus starts talking about glory. He said, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You'll seek me. And I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you can't come. So now I say to you, a new and totally I give to you that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I'm going, you can't follow me now. But you will follow me. Remember, Peter's going to give his life for the gospel later. And Jesus knew that. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. All of these may forsake you. Now, I want to tell you something about the disciples. I used to think they they were probably maybe in their 30s or so. No, Jesus called these guys when they were teenagers. Peter's probably the oldest. These are all teenagers maybe late teens now. They've been with him 3 years. And and Peter's the oldest and he said, "I'll lay down my life for you." And Jesus answered, "Will you before the rooster crows tonight you're going to deny me 3 times." Now look at verse four, chapter 14. The very next thing Jesus says to the disciples and Peter Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, when you see that word trouble, it means to agitate, to stir. Don't let your heart be stirred or agitated. Don't you worry. That's what he's saying. Don't let fear. Don't let anxiety grip your heart. Jesus said, if you believe in God, that word believe... A better word is, if you trust God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. Where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Later on, it's when Philip asked Jesus, said, show us the Father And Jesus said, I've been with you so long that you've not known me, Philip. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So how can he say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? Remember over in John 13, Jesus said, it will come to pass in that day that you'll know that I'm in my Father and you are in me. He's reminding them. I don't have to call him to come. He's in me in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so aware. I'm so much more aware that I don't have to call Him to come. I just want to acknowledge. I, I prayed today. I said, Lord, I need some strength. My, my wife and I, I we, we were up in Birmingham for five hours driving up the interstate and back down to in the interstate. And, and, and I want to tell you how He answered that prayer. It was It was amazing. So she goes into the, it's a doc, Dr. Pitt Cannon. He's a believer. He's a young guy, Christian man, pain management doctor. We go into his waiting room and I just picked a spot under, there's a big screen TV and I'm sitting under it, but it's not TV playing. It's worship music. I had to get my handkerchief out because I felt the atmosphere change and I felt the strength of heaven and I felt the Lord overwhelming me in that moment to let me know that he heard my prayer and he is rejuvenating me. So I just, my wife had already told me, you can go back to the car if you want to, but I stayed in for 30 minutes listening to the worship. And I noticed the, the girls, the nurses would come in and they'd see me out there and they'd see me sitting under the TV, under the music, under the worship. They'd see me sitting there and, and they'd just kind of look and I'd just smile. Because I was sitting in a heavenly place. I was seated, seated with Him. And let me tell you, he, he, he wants that from with you. He wants it with you. He wants it with you. And it was just like one of those Holy Ghost ambush. It was good. So he says, the words that I speak to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Now that's where we need to watch our words. Because Jesus said, I, I'm saying what I hear my father say. If you I want to tell you about thoughts. I used to think thoughts were just like little clouds that just didn't really do a whole lot of anything. But I discovered thoughts will build a house. They'll affect the organs in your body. Thoughts. Just thoughts. The power of those thoughts. So think about what David said. Lord, your thoughts are so many, they're like the sand of the sea toward me. Lord, if I should try to count the thoughts you have for me, ooh, there's something to meditate on, There would be more than the sand of the sea. So if we're not aware of that, and, and I'm telling you, I know the life happens and, and we have to find ourselves in a place where we have a reality check. And he said, "Believe me, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works." Then he said, If you believe in me, the works that I do, you're going to do also. Why? Because he's in us. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, what's he doing there? He's making intercession for us. He's praying for us. That the Father will be glorified if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I want to read this from a different translation, the Amplified. He said... He said, I will do whatever you ask, verse 13, in my name as my representative. This I will do so the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name as my representative, I will do it. Your prayers, they're they're powerhouses. They're amazing. They're amazing. So when you pray, you're not praying somewhere up there. That's it. You're talking to him who's living in you. What? Watch now. Let's go over to... Okay, remember now Peter. All of a sudden, verse 20 in John 14 is the one that says... In that day, you'll know that for yourselves that I'm in the Father and you're in me and I'm in you. And uh, so that's 14. I'm sorry, I told you 13, but it's 14. Turn over to Hebrews 13. I'm going to read it from Amplified verse 5. I was sitting with a young man from Turning Point. And I'm sure it's okay for me to share this. I'm not going to call his name. But those moments when you know God has filled the room, it's, he's, not that he had to come from anywhere, but I could, I could feel him. It was like, whew, yes. You can touch somebody sometimes and stir up the spirit of God and, he, and you know he's involved. So he's sitting across the room from me and he spends quite a bit of time telling me about being arrested or stealing his his dad who's on his deathbed, taking his pain medicine, and he got arrested for it because when hospice came in, they discovered it was missing, and so they had to investigate. And finally, so he kissed his dad the last time he saw him because he was in jail when he died. So I'm sitting there with this young man, and I said, God didn't kick you to the curb. I said, Sure. I told him the story you've heard about Peter by the sea when Jesus had fed him breakfast. Initially, he said to Peter, he said, I know you missed it. You got off track. But here we are right where we started. Follow me. Then I got to this part. And then the rivers kind of let loose because I felt the Holy Ghost involved. Hebrews thirteen five. Let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. It doesn't mean that you can't have money. It means that God will bless you with money. Shun greed by financially ethical... Be financially ethical being content with what you have, for he has said, I will never under any circumstances desert you nor give you up nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Right. Amen. I want to read that one more time. There's three negatives before the verb. He says... Let's see, let me make sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me find this other. The Amplified Classic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the Amplified Classic, but it's good stuff. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money. We know the love of money is the root of all evil including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. Be satisfied with your present circumstances and what with what you have, for He, God Himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. Here's the three negatives. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. That's good stuff, isn't it? That is the promise from God. That's why we can trust. Now go over to Proverbs 3 with me. I'm sure you've been here before. (laughs) Verse 5. Jesus said to Peter, right after he said, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times, he has taken the fig leaves off. He's revealed Peter's weakness. Peter is exposed. (laughs) But Jesus didn't leave him all beat up, feeling all beat up. Jesus didn't beat him up, but it didn't leave him feel. He said in the next few verses, in chapter, it says chapter 14, but man, put that there. It's a continuation of what Jesus says to Peter. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be agitated because of what you just heard. Come on, it's not in there, but that's what he meant. If you trust God, the Father, trust me. Now watch what Proverbs says. 3, 5. Trust in the Lord completely. Don't rely on your own opinions. Lean not to your own understanding is what the King James says. Lean not. Now think about that word lean. I didn't bring it down. I was going to bring my walking cane down. Lean not to your own understanding. Don't lean on it. Throw your cane away. If you trust the Lord, don't lean on your own. Isn't it amazing how we try to rationalize and intellectualize? One thing that that I think my left brain has a real struggle with wrapping that thing, that part that That truth that Jesus said, in that day, you'll know I'm in the father and you were in me. That, I know people say, well, I got faith to believe that, but but when does it become a reality? When does it really become, it's got to get past this. It's got to get past this. That's why he said, renew your mind. So he said don't lean to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him now that word acknowledge know what the middle word is no ack ledge ack is on the first ledge is on the no you can know acknowledge not knowing about him a lot of people know about him and I thought because I've memorized scripture I knew about him but it was you know it's done me well over the years but that that memorizing scripture was not the the catalyst that brought me in to understand how deeply he loves me and how he wants to be in every waking moment of my life. And even when I'm asleep, he's watching over me. And, and it, couldn't, it couldn't bring me into the revelation of he's in me. Because he told him a little later in that same chapter, I'm going to send you another comforter, Paracletos. Do you know over in the Old Testament, when you read in the Old Testament, you read about Ezra and Nehemiah, their contemporaries, Ezra's name means helper. Nehemiah's name means comforter. Ezra rebuilt the temple. Nehemiah rebuilt the city. So the Holy Ghost is here to build a temple and to get us into the city of the living God And he brings help and he brings comfort. So the Holy Spirit begins to help me understand what it means. To trust in the Lord with all my heart. Don't rely on him to guide you. That's what Jesus said he would do. He'd be your guide. He'll lead you in every decision you make. No, it didn't say a few. It said he would lead you in every decision you make. Let me tell you... We talked a little bit about our... I know some of you have been through some of the same stuff we go through with the air conditioning. And, you know, I talked about the price they charged us, you know. It was a, <laughs> so I I really had didn't sleep well the night I wrote that check because I knew the invoice. I know retail. I've done some retail. Um, and, and I knew that he had charged us for moving the hot water heater and he didn't move it. And he had to make the invoice reflect enough so he could charge us the same amount. I'm no dummy. I know what's going on. And I prayed. I said, Lord, I I forgive him. That didn't come overnight. That came, that was really, and the the Lord, he said, do you trust me? You going to trust me with it? I even thought, man, I could write him a letter. <laughs> come on, you you understand some of those thoughts that come through my mind. I've never, I've never been written. That's yeah a <laughs> i I could have written him a letter. I could have given him a phone. I could have drove up to where he's at. I know where he's at. I know his name. I never met him face to face but what what really the Lord. He, he showed me, he said, you got to forgive him. But if you'll let it go, I'll show you something. And it was the next day I got, we got one fourth. Blew me away. It was like somebody gave us one fourth of what I'd paid him. Well, this week we got almost half again. And I can tell you, it's coming back with interest. Because I refuse to make it a platform for offense. I refuse to let that manipulate me, to take my joy. Come on, we got to put our foot down and don't let the devil or circumstances or other people uh, in their situations take our joy. Because if we focus on his faithfulness, I said, Lord, I know you're faithful. You're not a man that you should lie. And I thank you for your loving kindness that it's, 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 it's the reason we haven't been consumed. And Lord, I thank you that your loving kindness is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. I give you praise and I revel in your faithfulness, oh God. So Lord, I don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Come on. It's okay to be there. Amen, amen, handle. You, you know what? I want to tell you something. God's in it. He, we we are in time. And when we rationalize, so many people live in the past. You know, I wish it was like the good old days, or I wish we could get it back like it was back when it was so-and-so. And No, God don't want to do that. Let me tell you what he wants to do. We, we can even live in the future. We, we can keep our minds on the future. Yeah. And I'm talking about spin your wheels. Some things never even come to fruition that we lose sleep over. Some things never, ever happen. You know what God wants us to do? I think he wants us to... You know what the scripture says over and over? Now, faith. Yeah. Now, this moment now, I want to learn how to live in. What does now mean to us? We're together. What now means? I mean, what I just said is already in the past. Right? We're now. Ooh. God's in the now. He's never was or going to be. He's now. Always he's now. Do you understand that everything you ever need, he's already made provision and it's met. As far as he's concerned, it's done. Yeah, right. Come on, it's done. Amen. So Lord, help me, Father, to have that mentality. I want to have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. My mind is renewed to think like Jesus. When well, You know, when Elijah came uh, he sent him to the widow of Zarephath and they were, uh, he, he said, what are you doing? She said, I'm gathering these two sticks so my son can eat the last little cake of bread and die. He said, well, that's good. Make me a cake first. I mean, he's, he's telling her it's good that you're making bread. Make me a cake first. How many know Elijah represents the word? The word to that woman, the promise of God to that woman, and she did. And her meal or her cruise of oil didn't waste the whole time the famine was going on. Didn't didn't because she oh she fed the word and the word fed her. Come on, somebody. Woo! (laughs) praise the lord let me tell you if you let him serve you let me there'll never be any lack in serving him because he's going to give you overflow he'll give you overflow uh so oh boy i gotta go a little further he said trust in him don't rely on your own opinions with all your heart rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him and whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Now the way we do that, that's behavior, is first of all, we trust in him with all of our heart. And we've begun to understand how much He loves us. Behavior's not an issue. becomes the, the things that come at you and tempt you, but they, it won't have a chance because you remember all of a sudden who's in you, man. He's here. It really gauges and He seasons my response to every situation to be like Jesus would do it. Come on, somebody. We're destined to be conformed into the image of His Son. That's what we're destined for. So that means, let me tell you, you may go through moments when you feel like you failed. But I've came to tell you to trust Him even in the darkness. Trust Him even when your weakness seems to be prevalent. Go ahead, Peter. Don't let your heart be troubled. If you trust God, trust me. Ooh. Amen. You understand? If you lean on him, he's enough. He is absolutely enough. So he says, verse number eight, then you'll find the healing refreshment for your body and spirit long that you're that you long for. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Man. This is so rich. It's so rich to find that we have to really, really make the effort and it's really worth the effort. To trust Him in the face of failure. To trust Him even when it seems bleak and dark. Mm -hmm. To keep trusting Him. And guess what? He's not, we know from Hebrews 13, He's not about to kick you to the curb. He's not about to relax His hold on you. The Amplified says, I will not, I will not, I will not. Relax my support for you. So that reminds me of Romans 8.31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If he spared not his own son, but offered him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give us all things? All things. I can't explain it. I was thinking about my wife and I. It's amazing. It's like the barrel of meal and, and, uh, and the oil. People keep making with, you know, I, I got to where I, you pray for me because I hid my mega stuff Oreos. Somebody gave them to me, Chase. And I had some double stuff in the closet already, and somehow they just kind of were disappearing. (laughs) Come on, I'm just being transparent with you, okay? (laughs) We laugh about it, but you know what? It didn't take long. I ate a few out of it, and the cat's out of the bag. Everybody, I got some mega stuff up here if anybody needs some. Come on. (laughs) Because we're born to be the overflow. We're We're born to be the overflow. Of all that he created us to be, his greatest joy is to be intimate with us. To let, to be like Jesus. If I don't wash your feet, Peter, you have no part with me. If you don't let me serve you first, you cannot serve me. That's what he meant when he said, you have no part with me. Not just my head, Lord, but my hands and my feet. Not just my feet, but my hands and my head. That's a beautiful picture of the Father's heart. Jesus came to show us what the Father's like, to show us his heart. so I want you to stand with me I hope this has brought some healing and I believe the Holy Spirit's going to take this word this word's really going to minister strength and hope and and here's what I believe I told Sister Martha you know I I used to look back and I'd say man I remember being in church you know being in the Pentecostal church and I don't like to Pentecost is what happened 2,000 years ago. I like the power of the Holy Ghost. I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I think about the times that I saw people laying on the floor. That's good. But I felt like the Holy Spirit really spoke to me and He said, this is going to be different. He said, it's going to be transformational. So that everybody walks in that anointing. When you come to the knowledge that He's in you, and you walk in a room and you just touch somebody, and the Holy Ghost starts moving. You ain't said a word. You just, you just touch them. It's not just you touching them, it's Him. It's him manifesting it. I'm telling you, he blesses me while he's blessing everybody else. He does. He does. He's amazing. So I want you to be mindful. He didn't just anoint special people to do that. He anointed every believer to walk in that kind of revelation. We have this joke, Ms. Angela, we, we so, we've heard it, and if you're offended, I'll pray for you. We were talking Sunday night or something, and I said, we'll just pray for our own self. He said, yeah, pray for your own self. <laughs> you, you ever heard that? Pray for your own self. Now, you know, I would never ever you know me, right? I'm a pastor and I love you too much to ever tell you that. But I wanna I wanna say it in such a way that you understand that I'm I'm really serious. This is serious. You can pray for your own self. That's right. How'd you get saved? <laughs> Well, where in the Bible does it say to stop praying for yourself? I've heard people say, I just don't feel like I need to be asking God so much for myself. Get out of here. He's fascinated with you. That's right. If it matters to you, it matters to him. And he'll never empty the storehouse, but he, he, it'll look like he's going to do it for you. I promise. Cause he's faithful I want to pray for you and boy it's just so rich in here. I want you to remember he's in you. He's in you Christ in you the hope of glory the words you say he's in your words the looks you give do you, do you understand you ever heard somebody I've told my grandchildren this especially our grandson boy you got an attitude. They don't have to say a word, right? You can just tell on their face. It's attitude. But it'll affect the whole room. Attitude will affect the whole room. That's why Paul said, rejoice. And again, I say to you, rejoice. Ooh. So I always want to look like the cat that swallowed the canary. I had people that asked me, said, what, what are you grinning at? What do you know? I said, I know a lot. It's not so much what I know, it's who I know. I know somebody. Come on. You know, I believe the Lord wants us to begin to manifest that. To understand he's in us and he's for us. So I want to pray for you. God, love you. I love you so much. And I appreciate you for being here on Wednesday night. It's going to get better and better. It just is. Amen. So I'm going to ask Chase to dismiss us.